you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, December 20th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, the 11-year NFL veteran, the pride of the Blue Devils. He was a member of the Cowboys, the Colts, the Bills, and the Birds. Which birds, you ask? The Eagles. That's who. He was a guard. He was a tackle. He was a center. He was versatile. And he is proof of the long-standing premise that O-linemen are probably the smartest cats on the field. He is the film room phenom. He is Brian Baldinger. Nice to see you, Baldy. Good to be here today, Drew. Thank you. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and it is a special treat to have Baldy back on the pod because he simply knows more than most analysts in the NFL because he sees more than anyone. And that's because he studies more than everyone. So on today's show, it is my intention to mine that big old brain of Brian. What is he seeing mm-hmm. that we are not? Okay. With regards to the Eagles, who may be without Jalen Hurts this week. Mm-hmm. With regards to Dak Prescott, who Baldy says in direct contradiction to Jerry Jones, did not play outstanding against the Jags. With regards to Brock Purdy, who has the so-called it factor, but while the rest of us stop our descriptions of Purdy right there, Baldy will give it texture because Baldy knows precisely what that it is. And with regards to the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, Baldy will be conducting a free seminar on the anatomy of a collapse. But first, sir, you rocked the number 62 in your career. Why? What was the significance of that? Uh, well, that's the number they gave me. Uh, coincidentally, uh, the year I came in, which was 1982, year prior, or two years prior, the guy that had worn 62 for at least a dozen years was John Fitzgerald. He was a longtime center of the Cowboys. John was 62, retired. They went a year without it. I came in, 62 was available. I wore it, and uh, I wore it for my 12 years in the NFL. It is said that to be an expert on anything, 
you have to put in a minimum of 10,000 hours. I did the math on that. That's every minute of every day for 417 days. Baldy, you have put in way more <laughs> than 10,000 hours into the art of NFL tape room study. What is it about it that lures you? What, what lures you into the NFL film room, into this life of study? It's like anything that lures anybody into anything. It's the, it's the unknown. Every day you go in there, you literally go, I mean, to use a Greek phrase or Latin phrase, like it's tabula rasa. You honestly don't know what Queen you're going to see. So it, it is always interesting. It could be, you could watch the same team. You could watch the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody watches the Cowboys. Everybody talks about the Cowboys. But you could watch the Cowboys every single day and see something new. That's just one team. But I try to treat all 32 the same, uh, whether it's Jacksonville or Detroit or a struggling New Orleans team. You never know what you're going to see until you go in there and you turn the projector on. I love this. Okay, the, the study and the art of the unknown well, it has been made itself known to you because you've put the time in. Thank you in advance for sharing what you have found with us. Let us begin with topic number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. You spent a little bit of time in Philly. You know the city quite well. You know the team quite well. There they are at 13-1. and one. They are the top seed in the NFC. They play their NFC East rival Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Dallas, of course, 10-4. and four. They are the NFC East five seed, and they will, they will very likely stay there. But Philly may have to do it without Jalen Hurts, who sprained his shoulder Sunday against the Bears on this play. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, very on. slow to get up. He fakes it to Miles Sanders. He keeps it around the right side and very slow to get up and get back to the huddle. Baldy, what are you seeing that allows you to give Eagles fans hope today that the fall off from Hurts to Minshew, at least in terms of the passing game, isn't actually that steep? No, it isn't, uh, because they're a complete team. And, you know, complete teams can always overcome the loss of a player. I mean, five years ago, Carson Wentz got hurt against the Rams in week 14, and it looked like he was going to be the MVP of the league, and Nick Foles came in and steadied the ship, and they won a Super Bowl, in part because how good Nick Foles was. Now, I'm not predicting a Super Bowl win or anything like that, but as good as Jalen Hurts is, and to me, he's the league MVP, and I don't think there's a close second. Uh, because of his decision-making, because of his athletic ability, the way that he distributes the ball, and mostly because of his leadership. So he will do everything he can to get back. But Gardner Minshew played last year when Jalen Hurts was injured, uh, had a bad ankle, and he took over, beat the Jets. Uh, this I know about Gardner Minshew. He was extremely well coached by Mike Leach. Mike Leach is – he's not a quarterback whisperer, but he's a football whisperer. He knows where to go with the ball. He knows how to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, he'll get the ball to the playmakers of A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and Dallas Goddard's going to get back. He, he can do all that. He won't be as dynamic as what Jalen Hurts has been. Jalen's run for 13 touchdowns. You know, I mean, he makes it look easy some Sundays. But he knows how to play quarterback, and he's got a really good group around him with maybe the healthiest and best offense line of football. They, they will, if they have to play, Without Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys, they will still play well. So in terms of the game plan, the passing game, I can infer, doesn't really change that much at all. So that extends to RPOs, play action, the deep shots to A.J. Brown. All of that remains in the playbook. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it is the designed runs for Jalen Hurts that are thrown out. 
to be replaced by, I should think, finally putting a smile on the face of guys like Miles Sanders, Sanders, who you said in the meeting are probably a little pissed off. Well, I mean, Miles Sanders didn't touch the ball in last week's win against Chicago until 641 to go in the second quarter. He got his first carry. He got all of three carries in the first half. Even Nick Sirianni, the head coach, was apologizing after the game to Miles Sanders. Now, he got a total of 11 carries. It's not it's not bad, but, I mean, this guy's got over 1,000 yards. He's having the best year of his career. He's averaging over five yards a carry. Like, you'd think you'd want to get your running back, you know, involved earlier than they did a week ago, and that probably will happen against the Cowboys on Saturday night. Next topic, same game. You mentioned them. Let's talk about them, the Dallas Cowboys. We mentioned, of course, they are 10-4. and four. They are the five seed in the NFC. But, of course, they are still licking their emotional wounds after getting themselves caught in that trap game down in Duval. Final score in OT, 30-24. to 24. Now, Dak Prescott threw two more picks. That makes seven picks in the last four games, Baldy. But Jerry Jones said, and I quote, Dak played outstanding. Baldy, what is your response to that and why? Well, I think Jerry's lying to himself. I mean, I understand, you know, he's your, he's your franchise player. You want to support him, and that's good. Um, but, you know, when you go back and you watch it, you go, okay, he's in charge of making sure that they're in the right play. Quarterbacks get a call called in from Kellen Moore. Here's the play. Depending on what the defense is showing you, depending on down-distance situation, the quarterback has to make sure that they're in the right play. So, like, there's an, a, a play early second quarter where they are not in a position where they can run this play. They run a counter tray. They pull the – you know, Zach Martin and, and, uh, and Smith, you know, the right tackle. And there's nobody protecting the backside defensive end. There's nothing holding them. And Dewan Smooth, the end, makes the play. You lose yardage. They run a pitch option on third and one. All right, third and one, they lose seven yards. Aluaquan tackles Tony Pollard for a seven-yard loss. They don't have any chance of a first down or potential touchdown. They settle for a field goal. But Dak did a terrible job of running the play. He didn't, you, you know, you got to play point guard. You got to draw the defense to you before you pitch. He didn't do that. And then his first interception uh, to Rayshon Jenkins, like he's, he's, uh, he, he's maneuvering the pocket. He steps up in the pocket and he throws a terrible floater over the head and hands of Dalton Schultz right into the weight and arms of Rayshon Jenkins. And that's right when Jacksonville made this big comeback of being down 27 10. At that point, it was 27 17. And you give Jacksonville the ball at the 20-yard line, yeah. and they immediately turn it into a touchdown. Yeah, 27 gave him a short field, gave a hot quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, the opportunity to infuse his team with some life, and that's precisely what he did. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's, so if you say, okay, he played great, or he played, you know. Outstanding. What, outstanding. Like, that's not an outstanding play. It just isn't. That should be held, held to a higher standard. Let's talk about, you're a free diver. Yes. Uh, how long can you hold your breath? What are you up to? Uh, minute 30. Minute 30. That's pretty impressive. I can't hold my breath that long, but I know that collectively we are holding our breath as NFL fans for this game. This game is the total access game of the week for a reason. Eagles and Cowboys, Christmas Eve, it is, it is a gift. Uh, you know, I don't mean to be tacky about the, the motif here, but it really is such a present to all of us. I can't wait to unwrap it. What do you expect to see? I'm not necessarily asking for a score, but I kind of want to know from you how you think this game will go. How do you see this one going? Well, I think that the way I would want to, if I was a coach, and if I was, you know, a fan on Christmas Eve, 
getting ready for this game. I want to see a playoff game. I want to see playoff atmosphere. I want to hear. I want to hear the fans. I want to hear them coming, screaming through the TV. I want to see the drama and the tension that you feel in a sudden death playoff game. That's how I want them to play it. That's what I expect to see. You need to be both teams to be at their very best. We both know that they've got good defensive lines. They've got playmakers. They can get after the quarterback. That's fine. How do you counteract it? Who makes the plays down the field? Is it C.D. Lamb? Is it A.J. Brown? Like, who comes up with those plays in those moments? And ultimately, both quarterbacks, whether it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, every quarterback in those type of games has got to make at least five special plays. Throws, escapes, throws that you go, let me see it from ten different angles. I got to see it again. I got to see it over and over. And it's just on a loop where you got to watch that play going. How'd they make it? How'd they throw it? What'd they see? How'd they thread that needle? That's playoff football. You call the Eagles a complete team. You could make the argument that they are the most complete team in the NFL. I know that Buffalo wanted to be in that conversation, and they were for the longest time. A few doubts starting to creep in in terms of their performance, the eye test, their resume. Eagles are absolutely a complete team, but. Let's say Minshew does play. Would you still give that complete team with Gardner Minshew the edge over a Cowboys team desperate for a win after that Week 15 loss? Uh, I think I, I think I would still give the edge to Philadelphia, just because I know defensively that they have everything it takes to defend the Cowboys. Um, you know whether it's they've added bulk in the middle of their defensive line, which was an issue which is still an issue for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you saw Travis Etienne run for over 100 yards last week. You saw the Green Bay Packers in their loss and collapse run for over 200 yards against them. It's a weakness in Dallas. If they're allowed to hang on to the ball and they get enough tries at it, the way Jacksonville did, the way Green Bay did, the way Philadelphia did early in the year. But I still think that Philadelphia, with their offense line, their ability to run the ball, the playmakers they have, I still think they're a better all-around team than the Cowboys right now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And my guest is better than your guest, because my guest is the titan of the tape room, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, next topic, Kid Purdy. Three straight wins, two starts in relief of Jimmy G. He has thrown for six touchdowns, only one pick. He's averaging 200 yards a game. And he has us asking if he can lead this uber-talented 49ers team to a Super Bowl. But Brian Baldinger says that we are asking the wrong question. Baldy, what is the right question, and what's the answer to it? The question is, can Brock Purdy operate the offense at the most efficient level? That's the question. Because we have seen Jimmy G do it at times. And when he has done it at times in big games, albeit Dallas in a playoff game last year on the road, you go, he could do it. We have seen that from Jimmy G, but we haven't seen it consistently from him. And so what we have seen from this kid is he can operate the offense. And what that means is, do you have fear throwing the ball over the middle of the field to Brandon Ayu, to George Kittle? Doesn't look like he has fear. Let's just go through the checklist. Does he play with fear? No, he doesn't. Does he have a pocket presence about him? Yes. He knows how to maneuver in the pocket without ever really becoming either flustered or hurried. So there's a calmness to him. You can watch his feet in the pocket. I don't care what the pressure is coming at him. He's calm. Then can he find the check down or the, the safety valve on a play when it isn't there? He can find that. Can he read the option route that Christian McCaffrey does coming out of the backfield where you got to see what Christian sees? So you're in the same mind that Christian's reading the defense. He sits down versus going inside. He seems to be able to do that. When there's harm's way quickly, can he escape? We've seen him escape and make a good play. And then ultimately, can you stay in there, look down the gun barrel and take the hit and deliver the pass? And he's done that time after time. You paid special attention to his feet in the pocket, but very specifically and almost fundamentally, you talked about his feet on the ground remain calm. Explain to me why that is so important. It seems obvious, and yet you see a real difference between what you are seeing from his feet on the ground and what you have occasionally seen from Jimmy G's feet. Yeah, well, I mean, so, so there's a, always a progression on any given play of what the primary receiver is, primary target. If it doesn't, if it's not him, then it's him. Sometimes it's a high-low read to the two-receiver side, and you got to read the low defender, the flat defender, and depending on what he does, is what you do. Uh, you you run a post-dig combination in the middle of the field. You read the free safety. Free safety bites of the dig. You throw the post. I mean, those are basic reads. But sometimes neither one of them are there. Sometimes you got to go the other side of the field, and so. As time starts ticking and everybody has a clock in their head, including fans watching the game, when the clock starts ticking past two and a half seconds and it gets to almost three or beyond three, 
you see quarterbacks either take off and run because they feel fear is close by or a threat is close by or their feet starts moving and they don't stay and then their feet don't aren't in the ground when they throw the ball. So they're not in a position to throw it. You have to, Kurt Warner will tell you, and Kurt's the best at it, like you're, you have to be in a position to throw the ball at all times. Just like a shortstop can, he's got to be able to take it from any position and throw it to first base for the out. Like this guy's feet are set so that when he has to throw it because he's going to get blasted, he can throw it with the proper weight transfer and using your legs to throw the ball. You said something in the meeting that I wrote down on this piece of paper here, and I want to quote you. Take the name off the jersey, and this is not a rookie making his third start. Let's talk about that third start. At home versus Washington, a Washington team that came up short against the Giants. Say what you will about how that game ended. They did not put the ball in the end zone in back-to-back drives that got inside the red zone. That's on them. It's on Terry McLaurin to get himself in position, not the line judge. They have themselves to blame. But they will be furious. They will be looking to hold on to that seventh seed in the NFC. And they can claim what very few teams like the 49ers can claim, which is a definition of being physical. Mm -hmm. Do they pose a particular threat to this Niners team and to Brock Purdy? How do you see this game going down? I think this is a real challenge. I mean, San Francisco needs this game. If they truly want to not just keep stacking wins, but you have to be tested when you get to the postseason. You don't want to be surprised by what a team has that you haven't seen. Washington presents certain issues. Ron Rivera is a product of the 85 Bears. He knows what toughness is. He you know, played for Buddy Ryan. He coached with Jimmy Johnson in Philadelphia. Like, there's a toughness that he wants his teams to play with. On both sides of the ball, it starts in the trenches. And their defensive line, even though they didn't have sacks against Daniel Jones, they played very well up front. And they pre- present issues. They, they are very solid right down the middle of the field. They're two safeties, Derek Forrest and Cam Curl. They're, they're excellent players. And so they hit you. They cover. They, they got good range in the passing game. Uh, they, they have linebackers that can run. This is a very talented defense. They're top 10 defense. And so this is a good challenge for Brock Purdy because – any one of these four defensive linemen will probably see Chase Young. Any one of these four defensive linemen can win a one-on-one and pressure you. No such thing as a perfect player. What is the one thing that Brock Purdy does that gives you some pause for concern? What is his weakest, what is his dullest tool in the toolbox? I just think it, it, it remains to be seen, that my answer here, because he needs more. But he's going to see things that he hasn't seen. Like, if you play at Iowa State, you know, everybody plays the same defense in the Big 12. Everybody plays a three-man front. They play a 3-3 double cloud. You see it every single week. You play 47 games, you see the same defense. They don't play that defense in the NFL. So you're going to get robbers in the middle of the field. You're going to get defensive linemen dropping into coverage. You're just going to see things that you can walk through, you can see on tape, but until you see it live, uh, every quarterback gets trapped. And so, does he avoid the traps? Next game, next topic, the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose keep Tomlin's streak of never having a losing season in the NFL remains alive. However, Baldy has a message for Mike Tomlin. Okay, you've never had a losing season in the NFL. If you want to keep it that way, you may need to get out of your own way. What do you mean by that? Well, Mitch Trubisky started last week against Carolina, who's got a very good defense. 
and he played great. In fact, it's the best I've seen Mitch Trubisky play. Uh, he was very sharp and accurate with the ball, very decisive in his reads. Got the one big play down the field to George Pickens, which is a huge play. But he didn't turn the ball over. He wasn't panicking and just taking off and running. He found Deontay Johnson on third downs. They were 8-12 of 12 on third downs. So they had this way of playing keep away from Carolina. Um, they ran the ball 45 times. Well, when you run it 45 times and you, you're not getting a lot of yards, it puts a lot of pressure on third downs to complete, to convert, to stay on the field. And I thought Mitch Trubisky, the way that he played, if I was Mike Tomlin, I would ride the hot hand. I don't really care about Kenny Pickett is the future. You made that choice early in the year. He got hurt. That's fine. Right now, it's about a playoff push. And I think you've got to just play your best players in your playoff push. And the way that Mitch played last week, I thought it was better than at any game that Kenny Pickett had played this year. And I would, if he has the hot hand, I'd just play it. The Steelers do have a path to the playoffs. It is winding. It is uphill. It is icy. And there are a lot of pitfalls along the way. But let me read for you the scenario Steelers fans and the rest of you who are worried about wild card spots, either getting one or keeping one. The Steelers have to win out, of course. They play the Raiders this week, then the Ravens, and then the Browns. They would also require that the New England Patriots lose two of three games. They play the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Baldy, looking at that, I can see the mm -hmm. Patriots losing two of three games. The Jets would need to lose two of three games. They play the Red Hot Jags. Mm -hmm. They are in Seattle to play the Seahawks. Miami. And then they are in Miami to play the Dolphins. I can absolutely see mm -hmm. the Jets losing two of those three. The Chargers would need to lose out. I think this is where it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. The Chargers play the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos. It seems inconceivable that the Chargers would lose out. However, if you live in L.A. like I do, there is a phrase called chargering. Mm -hmm. And there is a phrase called chargering for a reason because the L.A. Chargers tend to do it. They charger quite a bit, and it's not a positive phrase. And then, of course, the Jags would have to lose one of three at the Jets, at the Texans, and against the Titans. And, of course, that seems very conceivable. So I think the hardest part of the equation is the Chargers losing out. But in poker, all you need is a chip and a chair. And in this game, all you need is an opportunity. The Steelers have an opportunity. They have to begin by winning this week. Brian Baldinger says your best chance of doing that, Mike Tomlin, is to ride the hot hand. And the hot hand is Mitch Trubisky. Next topic, a collapse. An historical collapse, if we're being honest, by the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. They won the Super Bowl. They won in a thrilling game against the Bengals across the street. I know I was there. This year, they are 4-10. After last night's loss to the Packers, they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So let's talk about how we got to this place. Professor Baldinger, give me the seminar on the anatomy of a collapse. What happened? Well, you, any team that collapses or any team that finishes poorly, you always start with one position group and it's not the quarterback. You always start with the offensive line. Why are they playing poorly? What got them there? I mean, if you look at their starting offensive line in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati, you basically got one player. We got two players remaining. You got the center, Brian Allen. You got Rob Havenstein at right tackle. You got Austin Corbett left in free agency. They got a left tackle retired. His backup that was scheduled to start this year, Joe Noteboom, got hurt. 
um, you know, Alaric Johnson is, you know, is playing. Like, they've gone through as many offensive line machinations as anybody in this business. They they lost their third-round pick, Logan Bruss, before the season started. I mean, you just go through the list of injuries in that group. I don't think any group in the league has been hit as hard. It starts there. Now you take the quarterback, who was awesome last year, Matt Stafford, and he gets hurt, and he's playing banged up to the point where you're signing a guy on a Tuesday from the off a bus stop and playing him on a Thursday. And you win a game, but that's long-term. It's not a great answer. You lose maybe the best offensive player in football from a year ago in Cooper Cup. I think he was the offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. I mean, triple crown winner. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald had never missed a start in the NFL. Well, he's missed a couple starts here down the stretch. You know, maybe you overvalued what you thought Bobby Wagner could bring to this team. Uh, you know, at middle linebacker. And Bobby hasn't played poorly, but, you know, maybe you thought you were going to get more from that position than what you have. And you, so it, it, it goes through and all of those And we haven't things. even mentioned Von Miller. We haven't mentioned the wide receiver room with the losses of OBJ to injury and Bobby Woods to, you know, leaving town. And Jefferson got hurt. Well, you just look through the list of guys. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if you said the other team in L.A., well, you know, Justin Herbert was struggling this year when he didn't have Keenan Allen and yes, Michael Williams. Yes, he was. And Josh Palmer. Like, if there, you can say next man up, and it's a great phrase, and everybody wants to use it. But it's, it doesn't mean that you're just as good. You just have the next man up. And, and you know, with the Rams, <laughs> they just had the next man up and the next man up and the next – but you're not as good. And so you have to have continuity. Like can't, they can't run the ball. Uh, and so there's only so many things that Sean McVay can do, you know, to, to pull these – it's not even rabbits out of the hat. Like you can't function if, because you can't protect and you can't open up holes in the running game. They don't have draft picks. The knock on this team is that they went all in, but they got what they wanted mm -hmm. by going all in. They got the ring. They got the Lombardi. They got the glory. Now they are left to sift through the rubble of what that means in terms of the immediate, the near, and the distant future. Is it bleak for the Rams as you see it? Well, I think it's bleak if the head coach steps away. You know, he was very close last year. And if you're thinking about it because you just got married, you want to start a family, it's a rough business. It eats you up from the inside. He's young. Uh, and I think he feels like he can do a lot of other things, whether it's television commentary or who knows, running a Fortune 500 company. Like the guy seems like he has the ability to do anything because he's a natural leader. So do you want to spend, do you want to be Pete Carroll and do this for the rest of your life? Or do you want to exit? You've won a Super Bowl. You've built a franchise, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a franchise that was down on its luck, and you built it up to win a championship on a new stadium with a great owner. Like, you delivered what you only dreamed you could deliver. Like, is there, and you're looking at the future, and you're going, man, we can't really rebuild this thing. Like, I think it's bleak if he steps away. And I think there's a, I think there's a real prospect that that could happen. Translation to the Kroenke Group, keep Sean McVay in the building, so says Brian Balding. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to be. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. couple minutes to go I want to ask you about the Giants and the Vikings game because earlier today you delineated a winning game plan for the New York Giants they did not look very convincing against Washington but it was a tough divisional game those are always tricky as we know they were four and a half point underdogs on the road and they got a win out of that so they have to be feeling good about themselves the Vikings it's hard to tell what the Vikings are feeling about themselves joy confusion bewilderment Hard to say. They have to be over the moon about what they were capable of doing, what they executed in that second half. But there has to be a little bit of muscle memory of what in the blank happened in that first half, down 33-zip to the Colts, dead last Colts in the AFC after 30 minutes of football. I fully expect the Vikings to win this game. And yet, you made a very convincing argument on behalf of the Giants, and you told us what it would take for them to get the win Please tell well, the Giants me, what have to play. Uh, they they have to play a near perfect game. They have to play a, a particular style. But defensively, they're not a great defense because they don't have corners. They don't have a, a run stuffing three technique. They don't. They're always looking for a middle linebacker on that team. But they have a very talented defensive front. When you look at Dexter Lawrence, he's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle that you don't see on the field every week. He's a disruptor. He's a pass rusher. He's hard to move. And next to him is Leonard Williams. And off the edge, these two young players, in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, who both were injured this year, are both healthy right now, and they can create problems. And the defensive coordinator for the Giants is Wink Martindale. And Wink has – he's coached with the Ravens. He's coached Von Miller. He's coached some great defensive players and great defenses. And one thing he knows, and it never changes – when you hit the quarterback, good things happen. And if you hit Kirk Cousins, bad things hap- tend to happen to the Vikings. That's how you – and I'm not putting this all on Kirk Cousins, but you throw a pick six, you know, you miss some third downs. Um, 
Kirk Cousins in losses to bad losses to Philadelphia, to Dallas, NFC East teams, you know, they they could have easily lost to the Washington Commanders this year. Like, the NFC East has pass rushers that can affect the quarterback. And so that's how all these four teams are built, all in playoff contention. And that's been the one thing that bothers this offense of the Vikings. We mentioned Von Miller vis-a-vis the Rams collapse just a moment ago. There's a player on that Giants defense, and as you said, they're hurting in the secondary. But, man, they have a guy who can drop into coverage and also just be a nightmare to quarterbacks off the edge named Kayvon Thibodeau, who you said comps to Von Miller, or at least you heard somebody compare him to Von Miller. Tell me that story and tell me what you see in Kayvon Thibodeau that is so exciting. For well, the I texted of one, of the Giants, one of the Giants coaches about Kayvon, and I'm like, because he just played his best game of his life. He had 12 tackles. He saved a touchdown, Taylor Heineke, on a scramble. He scored the first touchdown for the Giants off a sack, fumble, fumble recovery, touchdown. Trifecta. I mean, the whole thing. And, and he's gotten better every week. So he's got an elite first step. Great pass rushers have a great step, great first step. Then they have a variety of moves to beat you. But he's a very young player that I think is going to get stronger. And if he gets stronger, he can come. I don't know if he's going to be Von Miller. There's, there's one Von Miller. You know, but if you want to, you know, set an example, like he has that type of pass rush ability where he can close, he can attack. And if he gets stronger, his speed to power moves, like he's going to be disruptive the way we've seen Von Miller for the last 12 years. Last question. I'm going to go through Dan Hansis's most recent NFL power rankings. I will read from top to bottom. When you hear a team that is out of place, either too high or too low, call it out. And tell me why. Here we go. From the top, number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. Number four, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number five, listener, he is nodding with a look of placid calm on his face. He has no objection to the first four so far. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. I think that's high, but I understand why Dan put them there. Because they've won six or because you believe it. No, I believe it. I believe in that team. I believe I think the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is going to be the hottest coaching prospect in the NFL once the openings start to begin. He's been from the opening day against the Philadelphia Eagles, like, you know, for them to pull these plays out, to design, to see the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown into an elite receiver from a, I don't know, middle-round draft pick out of USC, um, to see the way he's molded this offensive line, to rebuilding Jared Goff into a front-line quarterback right now, uh, and then to see the young players on defense. Like, not everybody's willing to play as many young players as Dan Campbell is. You know, sometimes Pete Carroll has always believed it. He always told me, like, play the young guys early, and live with the mistakes, but they're going to be good players for you late. And right now, Malcolm Jank, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez and, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston and, and Kirby, like these guys are playing really good football for him. They certainly are. And I find Dan's choice to put the Lions at seven fascinating because 
The Lions are not in the playoff picture as it stands right now. The wild card spots in the NFC playoff picture are taken up by NFC East teams. Cowboys at five, Giants at six, Commanders at seven. The Lions are sitting outside the club in the eight spot at seven and seven, and yet... Hansus has them well, in the seven seed. Well, he's got them in front of the Minnesota Vikings. And he's got them ahead of the Vikings, who are the two seed. Right. And, but they just went to Minnesota, and they just beat the Vikings handily. You know? And so that's why you have to put Detroit in front of them, because of the, just the recent commanding win that they just had. Detroit, you have proved in this moment what you are proving to everyone all season that you belong in the conversation. You started and ended the conversation about power rankings. Baldy, thank you for sounding off on that. And you did so, why? Because you have played your way into the conversation. We love talking about you this late in the season. And I'm an ostensible neutral. Obviously, I'm a Commanders fan, but man, I root for everybody. And I am especially rooting for the D-Town Lions Mm -hmm. to give that town and that team Something to root for in January. I look forward to seeing it. I hope it happens. Good luck to you, Detroit Lions. I want to thank today's special guest, Brian Baldinger. As always, man, you just know more than anybody. You are welcome here anytime. (laughs) I am a smarter fan every time I talk to you. I appreciate very much your time. Join us tomorrow on NFL Total Access, the podcast, when we take a look at the playoff picture in very real terms. This week marks the 25th anniversary of the release of the movie Titanic. That will be my theme tomorrow because we are looking for icebergs. We will look at the teams that are precariously in or hopefully out of the playoff picture. We will look at their remaining schedule and we will identify the icebergs that may get in their way and sink their chances. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.